This is the Six Figure Creative Podcast, episode 241. Welcome to the Six Figure Creative Podcast, where our mission is to help you turn your creative passions into a stable, reliable income. If you're in audio, video, design, photography, or really any other creative field, and you just want to learn from other successful creatives, you're in the right place. Hello, and welcome to the Six Figure Creative Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hood. If this is your first time listening to the show, first of all, welcome. Thank you. You're in the right place right now if you are a creative freelancer and you're trying to earn more from your creative skills without selling your soul. If you're a turning listener, thank you for coming back again and again. It really means a lot to me, and I hope that today... I can solve the issue that my audio editors (laughs) brought up last week, which was the plosive issue. Sorry about that. For some reason, my mic was in a different position as usual, and we had a horrible plosive-filled episode. So for all my audio engineer listeners, my apologies. And for those who don't know what a plosive is, plosive. That's what a plosive is. It sounds awful, especially when you have a good microphone and you have good editors that boost the lows and make me sound really sexy. I'm never going to do that again. I'm sorry. I promise if you're new, I don't do this all the time. In today's episode, I'm going to change your mind about paid ads. Freelancers unanimously don't believe that paid ads are for them. Well, every industry on earth does paid advertising in some way, shape, or form. But freelancers, the special snowflakes, the creatives that we are, we don't need to do paid ads. It's not for us. And if that is your mindset, first of all, I understand it. It is a mindset that I had for years. And some of these myths that I'm going to talk about today are things that I perpetuated over the years. If that's your mindset and that's your approach and you've never done anything more than dabble with paid ads, then you are missing out on one of the fastest ways to have more leads and clients than you could possibly know what to do with. And the only thing I ask you, if you're fully opposed to paid ads as a freelancer or you just don't see the benefit of it or you've tried it, the only thing I ask is just to keep an open mind during this episode. Be open to the ideas and the things that I bring to you and the myths that I tried to bust in today's episode. The cool thing about paid ads is you are the one that's in control of it. It's not like referrals where you have to wait for somebody to refer someone to you. It's not like cold outreach or getting into a gatekeeper industry where there's like somebody that holds the keys to all the projects and you have to win that person over. It's not like social media where you have to deal with like finicky algorithms to hope that the content gods put your stuff up in front of everybody and that you're dancing your little shaking your little butt on TikTok or whatever you do. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I don't use TikTok. But I'm just saying, this is bypassing all of that. And it puts the control back into your hands. And there are very few things where I think you have full control. I've mentioned this on past episodes before, but I've spent hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars profitably on paid ads. I've helped others run profitable paid ads. And we're going to talk about some of this stuff today, but these are the numbers based on my past. You could put your ad in front of a million eyeballs this week. That could get you around 5,000 leads this week, a couple hundred sales calls this week, and more clients than you could probably manage in a year's time this week. Now, logistically, you don't have any capability of servicing that many sales calls and managing that many leads, but that's what I talk about when this is an opportunity for you to have more leads than you could possibly know what to do with. That's a position that no freelancer that I know is in right now. Even the ones who are in pretty high demand that are booked solid, there's still a lot of like bill paying work they're taking on. And we're going to address some of these things today that I want to talk about. But I know people that are really against paid ads. And I'm not saying paid ads is the best way for everybody. It's definitely not for everybody, but it is the fastest way and something that most people ignore. So if that's starting to tickle your fancy a little bit, what the appetite, let's talk about the myths that freelancers need to stop believing ASAP. Myth number one, all the successful freelancers I know never advertise. <laughs> I'm going to use whiny voices for this. This is kind of part objection, part myth. I say this is a myth because I know a lot of freelancers that use paid ads and they use it profitably and they use it well. So already it's a myth. It's busted. I know people that do it. 
You might even know people that do it, but just because you don't know people that use paid ads doesn't mean that's a reasonable myth that holds you back from doing paid ads. Here's the secret. I hate to throw our entire industry under the bus. In most cases, especially with paid ads, most freelancers have no idea what they're doing. Definitely with paid ads and in, in a lot of other areas, especially around marketing in general, most of our listeners are awesome at what they do, but they struggle to get clients. And it's because they just don't know what they're doing from the marketing front. And so when you look to the entire industry and say, this isn't the norm in this industry, the designer world, they never run ads. In the photography world, no, you don't run ads. Music producers, oh, you can't run ads for music production. When you look around and the most common method that people in the freelancing world get clients is through word of mouth and referrals, that's based off something called the survivorship bias. And I've covered this on an episode, episode 182, the word of mouth death trap and how to avoid it. So if you want more details on like what this means and how deep this goes, go listen to that episode. But in general, survivorship bias just looks at the people that have survived to this point where they are book solid with their ideal clients the people you might look up to in your industry. Every creative field has some big names and big people that they look up to. And those people made it to where they are generally because of word of mouth and referrals. Word of mouth and referrals is the path of least resistance for getting clients. It is the easiest way to get clients if the flow is high enough to keep you booked solid with your ideal clients. The problem is in most cases, especially when you're starting out, referrals are few and far between. So when you are a brand new freelancer or somebody who's earlier in their career or somebody who's moonlighting on the side and you got a day job, you generally don't have enough client pull and a big enough network to keep yourself booked solid just from referrals. I call that the word of mouth death trap. The people who survived that and made it to the level that you look up to them, the successful people you know, those people survived the death trap. This is where survivorship bias comes in because all the people that survived the death trap, you look to them and you saw, oh my gosh, this person they just did word of mouth. They just did referrals and they got to the level that they're at right now, but they ignore the millions of dead bodies left along the way of the freelancers who bought into the word of mouth death trap lie and never made it to the level that these people you look up to. So that's survivorship bias. You're only looking to the survivors as the example of what to follow and you're ignoring the cautionary tales left in the wake of people who just waited around for clients to find you. And if you were to hear from those millions of people in the creative freelance industry who just couldn't make this work because they couldn't get the, the momentum going, the word of mouth snowball built up long, uh, big enough. If you talk to those people and heard from them, they would probably tell you, ah, I just couldn't make it work. Word of mouth wasn't enough to keep me busy. Word of mouth wasn't enough for me to leave my day job. Word of mouth led to a drought in the feast or famine life cycle of a freelancer to where I just couldn't weather it. I had to go get a job. That's where I'm at now. Am I happy? Who knows? Maybe they are, maybe they're not but they definitely didn't make it work. That's why we can't look to the rest of the industry as an example, because a lot of them don't know what they're talking about or doing. And B, survivorship bias taints the data set. <laughs> so that is myth number one. All the successful freelancers I know never advertise. Myth number two, no particular order, by the way. But myth number two, this is a big one when it comes to paid advertising. If you're good at what you do, you shouldn't need to advertise. <laughs> I like to laugh at this one. All right, this is a lie. And here's why. In almost all cases, the best freelancer is never the one who gets the gig. The one who gets the gig is the one who's good enough and top of mind. That's basically it. So just being good enough at what you do, just being great at what you do, just being excellent at what you do isn't enough to stay book solid. Now, again, paid ads are not the end all be all as a means to marketing yourself. It is just one tool in the tool belt. But this is a huge myth that holds people back from running paid ads as a freelancer because they think if I run paid ads as a freelancer, I am now admitting that I am not good enough, that I am not good at my craft. And I'm telling you that is not the case. There are so many amazing, talented, incredible freelancers, people that are in my inbox because I have a whole like automated nursery sequence that asks people like, why did you download my client acquisition toolkit? 
what did you need help with? What were you trying to get specifically? And they'll reply to that. I get tons of replies every single week from people that reply to that automated email, which if you didn't know it's automated, I'm sorry, but I promise I read every single response and respond to the vast majority of them unless it's somebody trolling me. When I read those emails, it's people with the same exact struggles that many of you have. They're not able to stay book solid. They're struggling to find clients. They're in a big famine mode right now, et cetera, et cetera. And when I go look at their websites or their portfolios to see what they're doing, to see if they're actually good at what they do, because I always care about that stuff. You need to be good at what you do before you even worry about paid ads or marketing in general. But these people are incredible at what they do. I have people that are like God tier status videographers who put out incredible content, have an amazing portfolio, and they've even worked with some big names and they still can't stay book solid. So I know it's not the skill set. And I know the need for paid ads is not a lack of skill. So this is 100% a dead wrong myth that if you're good at what you do, you shouldn't need to advertise. The goal is to never have to advertise if you don't need to, but paid advertising in general, especially like meta ads, which is mostly Instagram now and YouTube ads and Google pay-per-click ads, whatever. These sorts of things are wonderful tools for the tool belt of a freelancer trying to get clients so that you can start to build that word of mouth snowball of all your happy clients that are now referring people to you. And here's my mindset on paid advertising in general or any sort of marketing in general. If someone else wins the gig instead of me, and that person who won the gig, got the client, is worse than me, is a worse option for that client, then I have not done my job as a freelancer. I have failed them because they spent money on an inferior option. A lot of times it can be a similar amount of money. It's not always the best person charging the most. Sometimes somebody's just a better salesperson. They have better marketing materials. They have a better website. They have funnel set up. They have a sales process. They have all the things that we talk about on this podcast. And they can charge a lot more than you, the person who's really good at what you do, but you don't understand all these things that we talk about on the show. Go back to our episode where we talked about the full stack freelancer. You don't have all the full stack skills that a freelancer needs to survive. And so that client is paying more or the same that you would have charged, except it's a worse outcome for them because you didn't do the job of being the person who got hired. You didn't do what you had to do to get in front of that person because they didn't know you existed. And just to put this in terms that everyone else can understand here, if you're a wedding photographer and your competitor gets the gig and your competitor's not as good. They're not as responsive. They don't get the shots at the day of the wedding. They take forever to get the files back to the client after the wedding. It's generally a pain in the ass for the client to deal with this other wedding photographer and they charge the same as you. Then you have failed that client because they could have hired you for the same price. They could have had a better experience, but you weren't the one who was even considered for the gig because you weren't known. That's what I'm talking about here. That's the mindset you need to have around marketing in paid advertising when it comes to making sure the client is served best. Now, if you're not the better option, then this can go the opposite way, but I'm not going to get into that today because I'm busting myths <laughs> to help break down the walls of paid ads. So that's myth number two. If you're good at what you do, you shouldn't need to advertise. I hope I have sufficiently busted that myth. Myth number three. <laughs> I hope you like that. I had my editor gussy that one up for you. This is what I do to keep people from getting bored and also from myself from getting bored. Paid ads are so fun. Myth number three. Here we go. This is the third myth. <laughs> Sorry, I lost everybody. Paid ads will make me look desperate. How does that feel? <laughs> is this a reason you don't do paid ads? You don't want to look desperate? This is a very common myth, especially in the freelance community, especially with like creative arts, because we've all seen either really cringy ads or that one freelancer in your industry who's always posting like 50% off this week. That looks desperate. I'm not going to lie. That looks desperate. But let me try my best to debunk this myth. First of all, you probably are desperate. That's thing number one to realize. If you're not booked solid 100% full, your counter is 100% full of your ideal clients, meaning even one bill paying client that you don't really want to work with, but you're doing it because you got to pay the bills is in there. 
then you probably are desperate. And the fewer clients you have, the more desperate you truly are. So if you are desperate, just admit that. <laughs> it's okay to be desperate. We don't have to look desperate though. That's the big thing. And even if you are book solid and you do have good cash flow and good money, if you're not working with your ideal clients and just cherry picking the ones you want to work with, and that's not keeping you book solid, then there's still room for improvement. You can do paid ads without looking desperate. And it's something called go-giver marketing. I never have my clients run ads offering their services. Come on down to Doors and More to get your doors. None of that crap. Like <laughs> Doors and More, that's good. We don't do that. That's not how we run paid ads. That's not go-giver marketing. Many of you listening right now might've come through some of my ad funnels. My ads are all about you, the person that I'm talking to, the problems you have that I can solve, and the potential solution to that problem, and then a lead magnet to help solve that problem. In a nutshell, that's the approach, giving things away. Actually, if we go back to episode 153, way back then, it was like the third episode of this podcast because we rebranded episode 150. Why sales doesn't have to be a dirty word for creatives with Bob Berg, author of The Go-Giver. That is the person who invented the term, The Go-Giver. <laughs> so go back and listen to that episode. We've had him on the show. But being a go-giver means you are giving, you're not taking. And when we have that approach on our advertising efforts or any marketing efforts in general, not only do we not look desperate, we also look like we are giving because we are. <laughs> We're adding value. I have had comments and replies in emails of people saying, I've never actually seen an ad of someone helping. <laughs> Something like that, to the effect of that. It was definitely not someone saying, you look so desperate, you idiot. Nothing like that. You can do paid advertising without looking desperate, and it's not that hard to do. Just give something of value away. It works so much better. And the benefit, besides building an email list, besides getting leads and clients, besides all that fun stuff, the other benefit is you start building goodwill. You start looking more credible. You start getting people thanking you for helping them. That's a benefit that most people don't understand about paid ads when you do it in the right way. So myth number three, <laughs> paid ads make me look desperate. No, they don't. Hopefully, I have properly debunked this myth. This should have just been called Mythbusters or something. Although that's probably like trademarked and I get sued. I don't want to fight Discovery Channel or whoever the hell owns that IP anymore. All right. So that's myth number three. Now we're on to myth number four about paid ads for freelancers. And that is the myth that paid ads don't work for freelancers. That was my less whiny voice. I don't know how common this is. I hear this one a lot. I've tried it before and it just don't work. That's the kind of response I've seen from many people. Like they dabbled with it. They tried it out once. They boosted a post on Facebook or Instagram. Oh, that doesn't work. You probably did it wrong. <laughs> paid ads absolutely work. They work in almost all industries, unless that you literally can't legally advertise on these platforms. Some platforms have bans against like MLMs, bans against bell bonds, bans against obviously illegal substances, bans against some legal substances that are controlled like alcohol or tobacco. I don't think you freelancers fall into any of those categories. So you can promote on any of these platforms and they do work. And this kind of goes back to the go-giver marketing thing that I talked about before. You can run ads to build an email list. You can run ads to get DMs from people where the call to action is to DM you for something. You can run ads to retarget traffic. So like all the people that have been to your website, all the people that have engaged with you on social media, all the people that are on your email list, you can show ads to just those people. And those are the ads you can actually go for the sale. Part of the strategy is to cold traffic people who don't know you, you're just giving value. You're just a go-giver. On the warm traffic, the people that know, like, and trust you already, you can be a little more direct. Yes, you can serve them content. Yes, you can give them more giveaways and free value and stuff. But at some point, you do need to make the ask. It's kind of like, and this is just an example from my perspective, it's kind of like when you're dating somebody that you really, really like. At some point, you need to have that talk about whether you want to be more serious or not, if you want to be exclusive or not, right? Like if you never have that conversation, things can get awkward really fast because you don't have proper expectations. And at some point, maybe a proposal needs to happen to take the next step to get married. That's not all circles and all people, but whatever. You get what I'm saying here. At some point, 
it is good to be more direct, to make the ask. So on retargeting ads, those people who already know, like, and trust you, you can make the ask. Whether the ask is, hey, if you need this service, click here to book a call. Simple as that. Doesn't have to be anything crazy. Maybe you want to say a little more than that, but that's the general approach. So you're running ads to build an email list. You're retargeting those people that are already know, like, and trust you. The email list you're building, you're nurturing those with automated emails. It's not that hard to build. It's like seven to 10 emails that go out automatically over a 10 to 12 day period. You can send them semi-regular content, whether it's an email newsletter, whether it's a piece of content you created for YouTube or a blog article or whatever. It doesn't really matter what the thing is. The point is you're staying top of mind. You're building trust and credibility over a long period of time. I can almost guarantee if you have tried paid ads, you did not do all those things. With the exception of like regular content, almost all these things can be just set up and for the most part forgotten about. It's a one-time setup, long-term benefit, and you likely did none of that. You probably boosted a post. You probably ran an ad just to your homepage of your website, which is the dumbest thing you could possibly do, and then wondered why it didn't work. So when you say paid ads don't work for freelancers, what you're really saying is paid ads didn't work for you in that one very specific use case where you half-assed it. That's basically what you're saying. So I'm hoping that I've debunked this myth, myth number four, that paid ads don't work for freelancers because besides the fact that I know freelancers that are making it work, if it didn't work for you, I get why that is. And you probably understand why that is now because there's more to it than just running an ad to your homepage and expecting that to all of a sudden work magically. So that's myth number four. Myth number five to debunk is it's too expensive. I can't afford paid ads. And this brings me to a little uh, concept I want to teach our audience here. I'm going to talk about the concept of something called client financed acquisition. And if you're watching on YouTube, you get to add a little bonus of me actually showing slides from one little part of my coaching program where I walk through this sort of stuff. But client's finance acquisition is a term that I learned from Alex Ramosi. This is not something I invented. I don't think it's anything he invented, but it really explains something really well that I had never articulated, but it's something I've been using since before I even found Alex. And that is the benefit of using your clients to fuel all of your paid ads profitably from essentially day one. And the way this works, there's a visual with this if you want to go to YouTube to watch this part of the episode. But with any credit card, there is a statement period and there's kind of like a grace period where you can pay your card off. And the statement period is usually around 30 days. And then the grace period is usually days 30 through 60. And you want to have it paid off by the due date. And the due date's usually 30 days after the statement close date. If you're looking at the visual, it's easier to understand this. Client's finance acquisition works like this. On days one through 30, you spend a certain amount of money. Let's just use $1,000 for this example. On days 30 through 60, your funnel and sales process and nurture sequence and all the things that I help people with turns that into $5,000. And then by day 60, you pay your $1,000 credit card bill off. And if you paid that by day 60, you pay absolutely no interest. And to this day, I have spent all my ad spend on credit cards. I have never spent a single dime on interest payments. And I have gotten hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of flyer miles, which I've then used to buy flights around the world. For those who've been with me for a long time, like my wife and I booked a one-way trip to Bali in September of last year. And that was all paid through miles. And then on the way home, we booked business class or first class tickets home for the entire 30 something hour flight. We had to lay down seats in business class, which is amazing, had amazing food all through credit card points that I acquired through paid ads like this. And then you just go and do it again this next month. The next month or the next statement period, you could spend $2,000. And then in days 30 through 60, you turn that into 10 grand, and then you pay off your $2,000 payment. And you do that again and so on and so forth until you've hit the limit of what you can reasonably handle as a freelancer. Everyone's different. Every industry is different. But when you look at like a five to one return on ad spend is what that is, meaning when you spend a dollar, you earn $5 back. That's the minimum I would recommend shooting for if you're a freelancer because you have your direct hours associated with it. If you're doing something like selling courses or selling digital products or selling something that 
you have higher profit margins and no time spent on, generally you can advertise at a much lower return on ad spend than that. Again, I'm getting into the weeds here. I'm going to stop it here, but you understand the concept of client's finance acquisition. If you have a really well-oiled client acquisition machine and you're able to turn these leads into clients at a really good rate, you can get a five to one return on ad spend. However, you don't just get that because in most cases, if you can turn $1,000 into $5,000 in a 60-day period on paid ads, all of the leads you paid for for that period, for that $1,000, will generally turn into another two to $5,000 over the next year or so. So you're actually getting about a 10 to 1 return on ad spend in the long run. The last time I did a deep dive analysis of this, I found that within a year or two of a paid ads campaign, I would see more than double back earned from leads that I spent and monetized during a period. So let's just say, for example, I spent 20 grand on ads, Q1 of last year, and that brought $60,000 of clients to me. Over the next year or two, I'll probably get 60 to 80 to $100,000 worth of clients from that same exact lead pool. This is going over your head. It's okay. We'll talk about that in the next myth, but that's what client finance acquisition is. It's really powerful. If you do it well, if you do it right, you don't ever have to spend a dime of your own money on ads. If you do it wrong, you can put yourself in massive credit card debt. You don't want to do this the wrong way. Believe me. But to say that it's too expensive is basically just saying, I don't like money. I don't want to spend a dollar to get $5 back. I don't want to spend $1,000 to get $5,000 back. I don't want to spend two grand to get 10 grand back. It doesn't make sense to say that it's too expensive. In most cases, you can't afford not to. So that myth, in my opinion, sufficiently busted. If I had a sound from myth bust alert, I would play it now. So that's the fifth myth. That's a fun one. Fifth myth, it's too expensive. And now we're on to the final myth here I'm going to talk about today, number six. And that is paid ads are just too confusing. <laughs> There's some validity to this because it is a complex subject. As I record this today, I'm finishing up a brand new massive paid ads playbook for my coaching clients. It's something I built from the ground up for them. There's a lot that goes into this. So I definitely understand that this is something that's like intimidating. But in most cases, it's not as complex as the craft that you learned. To learn how to produce music, which is a lot of my audience, that is an incredibly complicated thing from learning your DAW to learning hardware to software to understanding compression and making mixed decisions and understanding songwriting and working with clients and interpersonal dynamics and like overcoming conflicts, like all these sorts of things of actually doing your craft, incredibly complex. The same with photography, same with videography, graphic design. You had to learn tons of programs. You had to learn tons of skills. You had to learn how to harness your creativity into creating something that is valuable to your clients. Like that to me is more complicated and more complex than learning paid ads. Learning paid ads is essentially following step by step. There are plenty of courses for it. There's plenty of programs that can help you with it. There's a podcast that I highly recommend you listen to. It's called Perpetual Traffic. I learned a lot from that, especially early on. It may be over the heads of most people at this point, but if you start with literally episode one, you, you might be able to make it through if you binged it all. It's a lot, but it's worth the effort. Again, this is one of the skills that are worth learning that have a long-term impact on your life and your business. I learned paid advertising years and years ago when I was advertising things that I don't even offer anymore. You never know what that skill will turn into and how you'll utilize that skill in the future. You may learn the skill and find that you just love doing that and you want to actually do paid advertising for other companies. You can create your own paid ads agency. Wonderful. You just learn a really valuable skill that people will pay a lot of money for. Maybe you learn paid ads and you like freelancing, but you have something else on the side. Maybe you have an e-commerce business. Maybe you have a digital products business. Who knows? You start using it in that area and all of a sudden, now you're able to scale your income to even higher levels because you're not tied to your time directly on a product. That may be the way it goes for you, but you at least have those opportunities and those options to use the skill set in other areas. Maybe you're helping your spouse or your friends in their businesses. Again, this is a skill set worth learning about, worth diving into. But I will say, if you are going to dive into this, don't just dabble again. 
have a good plan to go into it, an approach you're going to take, and have a clear path to how you're going to make this work in your business. If you are interested in learning more about this, if you are interested in how you can use this as a freelancer to get leads and clients, preferably more than you know what to do with, which is a good place to be, I highly encourage you to go ahead and apply for my coaching program. Clients by Design is the name of it. It is a complete six-month coaching program that helps people build what I call a client acquisition machine. Paid ads is just one portion of it. There's a whole lot you need to do before you're even ready for paid ads. That's another mistake that people make is they start running paid ads before their business is even ready to make that work because the more efficient your client acquisition machine, the more profitable your ads will be. If you have a bad client acquisition machine, meaning your lead nurture, your fulfillment, your sales, all these other elements of your business, your websites, your funnels are not created well, you don't understand the process behind all this, you will flounder. So if you want personal help, you need accountability. If you want to follow a step-by-step process for how to do this, then I encourage you apply for the spring cohort. It's coming up soon. We'll be enrolling some more people in the coaching program and you can go ahead and get your application in. And if I approve it, I'll put you on the waiting list for that new enrollment period. We already have people on the waiting list now, but I encourage you to get on it sooner than later because I am at capacity right now for this coaching program. I'm only accepting applications that I really think that you're ready for it. You're good at what you do. You're in a good place and that I would want to actually work with you. So don't half-ass your application if this is interesting. I would encourage you to go to sixfigurecreative.com slash clients. Go there. It'll take you to the page that you can overview the entire coaching program, how it works, at least of, as of right now. It might change later this year and then apply. And that'll take a look at it and let you know if you're approved or not. Either way, when there's a prevailing belief and a bunch of myths surrounding something like paid ads in your industry, it's best to question why those exist. It's best to not just fall into the trap of following the herd of what everyone else does. Instead, and this is why we even launched this podcast, all the other industries around us, how they're doing things, take from those industries and apply it to your own business. That's why I look to the SaaS, the software as a service industry so much because they have figured out so many best practices that directly apply to freelancers like us because they're selling software as a service. You're just selling skills as a service, creativity as a service, very similar business models. They're just delivering it with software while you're delivering it with your personal hours. But that doesn't mean that you can't learn from these other industries. So paid ads is one of those areas that works really well in SaaS. It works really well in freelance if you know how to use it. Works really well in courses and coaching. It works really well in e-commerce anywhere that has a well-honed machine running behind it. So again, if you are interested in learning more about the spring enrollment period for clients by design, just go to sixfigurecreative.com slash client, watch the video there and fill out the application if you are interested. It is not for everyone, by the way. If you are brand new to this podcast, you don't know anything about me, anything about how I teach, my mindset behind things, my beliefs. If you don't even know that you would want to work with me, then don't apply. Go binge through the episodes of the backlog of the podcast. Pick the episodes that you want to learn more from. And if you like my vibe, if you like what we talk about, if you like my approach and my methodology to things, then go back and apply for the coaching program. But until you know more about me, this is a very high touch program. I don't want you in there. (laughs) I want you to already trust me before you go in there. I don't need somebody who's like, I don't know who you are, but I need help with these ads. That is not what I'm looking for here. I need people who are ready, willing to make the leap. And we can start from a foundation of a shared vision for what we're building together. And there's not this weird, like, I don't know if I can trust you in there. 241 episodes of this podcast out now. Get to know me. (laughs) All right, that's it for this episode. See you all next week. I think we'll be back with more interviews after a couple of episodes of the solo stuff. I'm enjoying these solo episodes more and more. Hopefully you are too. But uh, yeah, thanks for watching or listening.